You're listening to The Fish Dish, brought to you by Eat Wisconsin Fish, a campaign of the Wisconsin Sea Grant Program. Are you fish curious? Or are you a fish expert who wants to learn even more about Wisconsin's fisheries and cooking fish? We'll give you the latest dish on fish. Your hosts are Sharon Moen and Marie Zwickoff. Two Two friends friends who who have have been been working working for Sea Grant seemingly forever and who know a thing or two about fish. But that's forever in a good way. Sharon runs the Eat Wisconsin Fish campaign. And Marie is a science communicator. In our first episode, we'll meet Craig Hoopman, a commercial fisherman from Bayfield, Wisconsin. Sharon got to spend time with him this summer and learn some fascinating things about being a commercial fisher on Lake Superior. Also in each episode of The Fish Dish, we'll feature a fishy recipe during the last part of the show, called Fishalicious. Today, I'm sautéing Lake Whitefish in homage to Lake Superior's main catch. So Marie, have you ever noticed that cute red and white store as you round the curve on Highway 13 going into Bayfield? Yeah, sure, you betcha. I've even stopped there and bought fish a time or two. It's Hoop's Fish Market, right? Yes, you're right. Craig Hoopman took over that building a few years ago from Noagos and renovated it. Now it's one of the places he sells his catch. The main business end of his work, though, where he brings fish off the lake and processes them, that's farther down in the town by Lake Superior on Wilson Avenue. So when I visited Craig this summer, it was at his Wilson Avenue property, and we sat on one of his boats and chatted. Uh, I'm Craig Hoopman. I'm a sixth-generation commercial fisherman currently operating out of Bayfield. Um, I own Hoops Dockside Fish Market and Future Restaurant and Small Bar, and also I run Hoops Fish on Highway 13 on the south end of Bayfield. I actually was taught by my grandfather, Morris Patan, a fourth-generation fisherman. In the summertime, I started at an early age. I was in first grade, I started. I got on the boats, worked all summer. I stayed at my grandparents' house all summer long so they didn't have to get up early and come pick me up. I slept on my my grandma's Davenport, they called it, and she'd come by every morning and wake me up, pack my little lunch pail, and, and send me off with my grandfather. I love that he used the word Davenport. Growing up, my neighbors used to call it a Davenport, and at my house, we just called it a couch. And, and I call so, it a sofa. A sofa. <laughs> <laughs> so I never knew what they were talking about. Let's go to the Davenport. It sounds <laughs> It sounds very... like, a, like a place. Yes. Like yes. a town. Right. So Davenport is not a port, but where where this Davenport we're talking about actually was, was on Stockton Island, because that's where Craig Hoopman spent a lot of time with his grandparents, Morris and Eleanor. Oh, that's um, where they lived during they, the summers, yeah, right? Yeah, they had a fishing camp out of around the Apostle Islands, and out of Stockton Island specifically. And you've been to Stockton Island before. Yeah, it's a really neat place. You know, now nobody lives there, of course, other than people temporarily during the summer. For yeah, it's part of the camping. National, the Apostle National Island Lake Shore, right? Yeah, the Apostle call? Islands National Lake Shore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, it's really pretty out there. I've been there too. And what I love about it is sitting on the singing sand, you can rub your fingers through it and it kind of hums. It makes this humming noise. And that's because the sand granules are specific size and quality as opposed to sand in other beaches. So it's just a unique type of sand that makes a song. I also love the bog there. The wild cranberries. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the sand, that's in Julian Bay. Correct. Right? Yeah. He was very lucky to, uh, you know. Have that uh, as his playground, I'd yeah. say. <laughs> but fishing is really hard, too. So the, the 
people who go into fishing for a living, they must have it in their blood because it's not an easy game to play. We leave here at 5 o'clock right now. We leave the dock at 5, but we'll start to leave at 4, usually mid-July. As it starts to get hotter during the day, it's, we, we have to haul a lot of ice. It takes a lot of ice to keep the fish cold, so we'll leave a little bit earlier and work before the sun gets high and then try to get back to town. We like to be back in Bayfield by 10 or 11 o'clock at the latest so we can get the fish dropped off and get everything start to processing end of it. I just, I've always had a love for it. I just, I've, this is all I've ever wanted to do. And it's, and it's exciting right now with my wife and I taking on these new ventures. I mean, that's always been... My grandfather and I stood in the front yard on Wilson Avenue 10 years before he passed away, and he said, you know, we looked at each other and said, we should be cooking fish right here. We should be, you know, and, and I, we just always wanted to do that, and, you know, and I, I, I can't end my career without doing that. I just want to have this little restaurant, this fish and chips restaurant, and a small little beer and wine place, and I, I, th- I think we can, we can get you know, three to 400 people a day in here and give them access to all 400 feet of the property and look at everything, see the nets, see the boats. Not everyone that eats fish wants to buy a boat and a fishing line and a fishing license. You know, the blunt of people come to Bayfield, they don't order steaks or hamburgers. They come to the Bay Area, Ashland and Bayfield County to eat fresh fish. And this is how we provide that to them. So I personally love fishing and I I try to get out as much as I can, but I don't fish for whitefish, which is, again, the main catch that Craig and his, his operation are catching in, in all the Apostle Island uh, fisher families. So if I'm going to eat Lake Whitefish, I'm going to have to buy it. And I'm so thankful that he has a boat and, a, and the nets and the license to catch fish for us. So Marie, how do you get your fish? Well, first I want to know if uh, what kind of fish you do catch. Oh, <laughs> it just Good begs the question. Oh, okay. Uh, I like going for a brook trout and bass. I really, and walleye if I'm on a lake, but if I'm on a river, it will be brook trout. Mm-hmm. So I've mm-hmm. learned to fly fish over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. It's been fun. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I have fished in the past. I know I fished with you. Yes. <laughs> uh, but I have decided just, recently that I'm more of a person who wants to make friends with fish (laughs) and feed fish than actually catch them. I caught one this summer. It was a nice little northern and I could not get the hook out. The hook was set in a weird way. I do dislike when that happens. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And my husband had said, if you catch a fish, it's up to you. I'm not helping you get the hook out. (laughs) And so... I tried and I tried and this poor fish was getting stressed out. Oh. So finally I ran to my husband. So you have to help. <laughs> he got, and done. he got the hook out right away. Of course. Right away. You loosened it. <laughs> I guess maybe. It's like a jar lid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I put the, I put the fish back in the water and then I just decided right then. It's like, you know. This isn't fun anymore. No. Yeah. If it's not fun and if you're sensitive about. It was very stressful. Looking, looking your food in the eye. <laughs> yeah, fishing is probably not your your thing. I'm glad yeah. there's people like Craig Hooper Absolutely. and other commercial fishermen because um, fish is so good. Yeah, fish is so good for us. I mean, it's full of omega-3 fatty acids and, and that helps your brain develop and their finding prevents some diseases that can make the latter part of your life hard, like Alzheimer's and dementia. So yeah, I eat as much fish as I can, like whether I catch it myself or friends catch it for me or people like Craig catch it. So, but it is right. It's super expensive to have the type of boat and operation they have. 
there's also a lot of licensing that goes along with all this equipment um, because it's a commercial endeavor. So they have the DNR and the the Wisconsin Health Department uh, looking at their operations pretty regularly, mm-hmm. keeping an eye on them. So when you went on your Bayfield trip to meet with the commercial fishers around there, what was your goal? Right. So as part of my Eat Wisconsin Fish job, I'm working with commercial fishers and people who raise fish on aquaculture farms or fish farms. And when I went to Bayfield, the Bayfield area, I stopped by each of the commercial fishing operations to ask them what their needs are. Like how can organization like Wisconsin Sea Grant help them succeed, especially through the pandemic and and some of the things that have happened in the last couple of years. They've had to change their operations a bit because of COVID protocols and the restaurants closing. And so when I was going around to these different operations, I asked, you know, what's the hardest part? What do you need help with? And it was interesting. One of the primary struggles is finding help now. I mean, across the board, people were like, we need help now. Uh, It was hard to find people who wanted to work in the industry and stay there. And they also talked about, you know, working with the DNR regulations and how it It's kind of like this dance that has to happen to keep a sustainable fishery alive and well, and they wouldn't mind more DNR people going out on the boats with them. But but they already, I mean, the DNR already puts people out on boats um, as best they can, given the the amount of funding available. They put them out on boats just to like watch what's happening? Right, right. Uh Because they feel like the DNR doesn't know how many fish there really are there. And if they were there watching how many fish come up in the nets, they would they would see how wonderfully abundant the Apostle Island fishery is. And now our conversation makes me realize we haven't really explained what Eat Wisconsin Fish is. That's true. So what <laughs> is what is it that you do? <laughs> well, yeah, so Eat Wisconsin Fish is an initiative of the Wisconsin Sea Grant Program. And it started in about 2013 and... Um, was active for, until 2016, and then it kind of took a break. And then during the COVID crisis, uh, they brought me on board as the new Eat Wisconsin Fish Outreach Specialist. And so my goal and my job is to help uh, the commercial fishers and Wisconsin's aquaculture farm, like the fish farms, thrive and, and help their products get to consumers in a more seamless way. So like when you go to the grocery store and you look at the fish counter and you think, I want to cook fish for dinner, maybe instead of reaching for the um, salmon raised in Chile, you would choose Lake Whitefish or salmon raised in Wisconsin, which is a good option. And so, you know, the more people know about their food supply and the supply chain, I think the better decisions they can make. And there's some really compelling reasons like the economy of, of Wisconsin and, you know, the way the Wisconsin food industry is managed by the health department. And, you know, you're just getting a clean, fresh, local product and supporting your community economically by buying local. So, yeah, it's my yeah. job to, to help that happen and to support this these two industries, really, the, the aquaculture and the commercial fishers. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Cool. Eat local. Yeah, yeah. It's good for you. It's <laughs> good for you. Just a reminder to our listeners that we'll cook some fish near the end of this podcast. So you'll want to stick around for that. And so, Sharon, you talked to Craig also about challenges in the fishing industry. So I talked to Craig and the Halversons and uh, Redcliffe Fish Company and all sorts of people around the Bayfield Peninsula area, Bayfield County. So here's what he had to say about the situation. 
uh, I think right now is trying to adapt and still financially be able to stay in the game with the restrictions. You know, our herring quota was cut by uh, 35%. Our lake trout quota was cut by 34%. So you always have to try to keep building a better mousetrap to try to figure out the marketing scheme. Because at the end of the day, I still have to pay all my employees. I still have to pay insurance. I have workman's comp, which is extremely high on deckhands on these boats. And it's just trying to figure out to keep it going you know our winter our winter fishery is basically gone due to the cut so you have to make all of your money in basically six months and try to stretch it out to pay everybody for the entire year that's so interesting what he said about having to make all their money in six months and then stretch it out for a whole year i'm glad i don't have to do that Right. I know that takes some planning and some discipline to uh, manage your, your business. Creative budgeting. Yes. I would think. <laughs> for six, six, well, for a year off of six months, but they seem to be doing well because they did open, they are opening this other um, restaurant shop right there on the dock. Mm-hmm. And when is that supposed to, is that's next year they're thinking? Right. So the market's already open, Right. but the restaurant part will be coming right up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 2022. So I'm curious, Marie, did you ever hear the call of the sea? Did you want to be a fisher or go to sea? I wanted to be a marine biologist. Oh, okay. I, I wanted to be like, uh, you know, there's Jacques Cousteau. I wanted to be the, the female version, like Jackie Cousteau oh, right. <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> but uh, then I ended up going into writing. And now I write about water research and do things like this. And so that's about as close to marine biology as I'm going to get. How about you? No, but I did grow up on a Christmas tree farm and I worked on a horse farm. So I always thought I'd have a career where I was outside with the sun as my clock and the weather as my boss. And I kind of am in some ways still because I get to go around and talk to these fish producers around Wisconsin. So that's been a lot of fun and really educational. It's amazing how many different types of ways people are procuring fish here. And so Craig talked to you about the future, didn't he? He did, and and what he wishes people would know about the fishery. I think is the education of people to, to show them the practices that we have. I think that needs to be more in the public eye. And also the future. There's no, I don't see the younger generations. There's, there's very little interest. I have got, I've got a family friend right now who's been asking me for years. He's 13 years old right now, and he is set on becoming a commercial fisherman. Great kid and wants to do it, but my daughters are both, one's a teacher and one's uh, in the medical field. And my son just graduated high school, and he's going to go to a uh, tech school in Eau Claire. Um, and I think, I think the biggest thing is they see how hard that we have to work and and it's a great life, but you know, part of me is I don't, I don't know if I really want that for my kids because it's such a you're basically you're married to this job. When you put nets in the lake, it's like a dairy farmer. You you don't get to leave, you don't get to do anything. You still have to you have to tend to business, and it's and it's hard. I I really enjoy it, but it, it it's a strain. It's it's actually sad, and because this is this is a, a good business where you can make a good living. Yes, it's hard work, but you can make a good living, and it's it's like any job. There's ups and downs with whatever you do. I think the fishery itself is the strongest it's ever been that I've seen in my career. I think it's the nicest fish that I've ever seen in whitefish size and sheer number of lake trout and other game fish as well. I'm fearful of the fishery for the next generation coming up. That's probably my biggest concern 
is when when we're gone and I, I mean they they call us the kids now i'm i'm 51 years old so i'm glad craig brought up the kind of the graying of the fleet and now he's the young kid on the block because it is hard to find help and there aren't a lot of young people stepping into this career. And that's something that Sea Grant across the country is engaged in. In fact, right here in Wisconsin, we're working on a fisheries apprenticeship program and also a fish processing component to that apprenticeship. And that kind of stemmed from a conversation I had with the Red Cliff Fish Company. And they were just talking about how there is not a lot of young people from the tribe entering into the business and they're concerned. And so this apprenticeship program we're putting together is going to rely heavily on, you know, the fishermen themselves telling us what they need on board and what the skill set of able help will look like for the future. So it'll be kind of exciting. I'm excited about this project and we just are getting it off the ground. Should be framed up by the end of February and we'll see where we can take it after that. So it's kind of like an organized effort to get the youngsters interested. (laughs) Right. So hopefully by next fishing season, we'll have our first apprentice partnered up with a fisherman that will actually be able to help them. And the apprentice will be trained on boat safety and fish processing. And so they can just start trained. And that would be so helpful for these fishing families and, and fishing companies that are trying to put food on people's tables and plates. So it seems like there's some misconceptions about the commercial fishing industry and whether the harvest in Lake Superior is sustainable or not. And from the conversations we had before, I know you said that Craig's trying to address some of those issues. Right. So he he is really interested in working with the public and showcasing his operation to the public so they can see how, you know, many fish are released and and how careful they are when they're handling the fish. Meanwhile, the the Wisconsin DNR is one of the is just an exceptional organization about managing fish. And so up there in the Bayfield County, we have a fisheries manager and a modeler and then Scott Sapper goes out on the boats with the fishermen as he can. And so they all kind of work in collaboration to set these fishing limits and, and quotas and manage the fishery. And not only does the Wisconsin DNR get involved in that, also the Great Lakes um, Indian Fish and Wildlife Commission is also part of that. And the Red Cliff Band and the Bad River Band have commercial fishermen out of the Bayfield area. And they, you know, they, they work to strict standards. And so it's a professional way to make a living mm-hmm. and they don't want to run out of fish and so they are careful about how much they pull in and scott sapper i assume he's a dnr yeah he's person. a dnr fisheries biologist oh, yeah okay. uh-huh. yeah you're just name dropping yes <laughs> how, how much you know i just know everybody now <laughs> <laughs> yeah so let's hear what what craig's doing to address some of the misconceptions out there that's why I put these videos out on Facebook is I, I like showing in this trap net industry the amount of fish that we are releasing unharmed back to the lake. The process is put out these videos and it shows the brown trout, the lake trout that are over 25 inches, all white fish, 17 inches being released back to the lake. And everyone that watches these will put little posts on there and say, I had no idea that you release. If, if I catch a thousand fish, I'm probably releasing three to four to five thousand fish on that day. And, you know, and they they watch them swim away. They see the condition of the fish. So it just goes back to education. And people really want to know where their food is coming from. I've never, in my career, I've never seen so many people ask questions about 
is this fish fresh? Did you catch this fish today? Is it, you know, is it frozen? Has it been frozen? How do you process it? It's, and it's, and it's great. It's, it's helping my business a lot. I think it's fabulous that people like Craig Commercial Fishers are wanting people to see their operation online and on Facebook and all these social media platforms that we have. The more they can get the message out there that they exist, that there's still a vibrant fishing industry in Wisconsin, I think the more people will think about it when they go to the grocery store or the restaurants. Like, yes, I would like some fish out of this lake. To me, Lake Superior is like the most exceptional lake in the world. And the fact that he sees that people grilling him so to speak, (laughs) about if the fish are fresh and that type of thing, that he sees that as a positive. Right, right. That people are curious. And I think, you know, a lot of people have become a lot more food conscious as some of these, you know, celiac diseases and gluten intolerances have manifested. When I was growing up, man, it was just peanut allergies that you had to watch or some people didn't take lactose too well. And now it just there's just this whole new field of allergies. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's really new, or that we just didn't recognize it oh, back then? We just yeah, we probably didn't had, recognize it. like a sensitive stomach or something, right? But, but it could be. We'd have to have a medical person on, <laughs> I guess, right. to talk about that. So that's a whole different show. Right. Uh-huh. So uh, we'll save that for <clears throat> later. <laughs> I just think it's brave of Craig to to want to show people what can be a, a tough visceral job because you're not always probably looking your best. I think if you're covered with uh, yeah, fish I, I, I'm too vain to <laughs> want to let people see me in my dirtiest state. But mm-hmm. I think he's brave for doing that, and I think it's it's so wonderful that people are tuning in. So I hope that our listeners will consider finding Craig Hoopman on Facebook and some of the other fishermen out there too. So. Aside from working with the public and and showcasing his work to the public, Craig also has some aspirations um, related to the management of fish and government. I think it would be great to work hand-in-hand a little bit more with the DNR and the Natural Resources Board in educating so that everyone is aware, the sports side of it, everyone is aware. And I believe there's more people need to be involved in the rule-making process. I really do. I, th- I think that the tribal fishers and the state fishers, we do work together, but when it comes to negotiations, the state fishers are not allowed in the meetings. So we cannot take part in any of that. And that's just due to the negotiations that were set by the treaties. And I get that, but we still need representation. Just like the sports industry needs representation. We need people to all come together and, and have more conversation. And now it's time for the Fish-O-licious part of our podcast, where we discuss fish recipes, which, by the way, you can find on the Eat Wisconsin Fish website, which is eatwisconsinfish.org, along with photos, plus the Fish Dish podcast webpage. We're in my kitchen today. What dish are we going to cook, Sharon? So I put a Greek rub on two lake whitefish fillets, and I started sautéing them about five minutes ago in a little bit of olive oil. When I plate the fillets up, I want you to hear what Craig says about lake whitefish. It's just an awesome fish. It's an awesome eating fish. Our, our fresh whitefish and our smoked fish and our smoked trout fillets. I take a lot of pride in this. We take all of our fish from this boat. I take it to Port Wing, Wisconsin. It goes to Everett's Fish, and they smoke all of my fish for me. It's it's an, the original wood smoke. They actually build a fire in the smokehouse. There's no propane. There's no pellets. It's 
all natural smoked and they, they do just a, they're generational fishermen just like my family and they do an awesome job and they turn out a heck of a product. All of my fish that they smoke for me comes back to my two locations. Um, I actually make my own breading that I've, I've got about 10 years into it of the different spices and I've been kind of trying to perfect it on what people really like. I do a lot of fundraisers and I, I do a lot of donations and I cook a lot of fish for different events and it's, it's a breaded and egg washed and then pankoed um, whitefish and deep fry it. That's kind of my signature. And I like a, this Cavender's, a Greek seasoning on a flat top or on a grill is really good as well. So the reason that we're eating this type of cooking today or this fish today is like, I'm not a big fan of deep fried foods. And there are a lot of people in my life who are sensitive to gluten. So I went with Craig's suggestion of using this Greek seasoning on top of the stove. It's a super easy and quick recipe. So we have two big fillets in there and we have three. Are you gonna cook the third one separate? Yeah, it just won't fit. Mm -hmm. Nice problem to have. Yeah, mm -hmm. abundance of fish. That's <laughs> true. So much fish. I'll get all the other place for the for the done the finished fish. Oh, I can smell the the fun spices. Yeah, I've never had uh, fish with. No, I wouldn't have thought of doing it this way either until mm -hmm. I listened to Craig again. Because even when he said it there, I was, you know, everything was just happening so fast. It was good to listen to it again. Yeah. All right, here's Marie eating her first bite. Mmm, <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's different. Hey, she likes it. But in a good way. <laughs> in a good way. No, it's mm -hmm. fun to have the flavors of the world right here in um, Wisconsin. Yeah, usually if I spice fish up, I just do dill on it. Or if I'm breading it, you know, put some garlic powder and onion powder in it or something like that. But I've never had like this many spices on a fish before. And that's good. Yeah, I'm really loving my piece too, so. I also wanted to say, Sharon's having her fish with some plain yogurt and parsley on it, which makes it even more Greekish. And I, I like tartar sauce. So I make tartar sauce just out of veginase and some capers. Kind of fancy tartar sauce that way. <laughs> it looks uh, fancy too. Yeah, but so that's how I'm having mine and it's very good. Again, I'm really enjoying this, so. Excellent. Yay. Thanks, Craig Hoopman, for the idea. For everybody listening to the show. Hope you enjoy the recipe, too. That's it for this episode of The Fish Dish. For more information and fish recipes, visit Eat Wisconsin Fish on the web at eatwisconsinfish.org, plus Twitter and Facebook. Thanks go to Bonnie Willison and Jennifer Smith with Sea Grant for their behind-the-scenes work on this episode and to the band Woodblind for use of their music. Thanks for listening! On Soul Dipsy, on Soul Dipsy.